This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. Are you ready to take your multifamily game to the next level? Well, you need to join us October 12th, Saturday, October 12th, for our one-day multifamily foundation workshop. We're going to bring it to you live. We got a list of 15 speakers that are going to go through the process of everything it takes to get your mind right, get the deal right, learn the terms, understand the markets, learn how to find the deals, learn how to underwrite the deals, learn how to put your team together, everything from property managers to brokers to insurance companies. Beyond that, what's the proper way to raise funds for a deal and how to close a deal and what to do after you take over a deal. So it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be awesome for you to join us. Got a great space. It's going to be here in New Jersey, in Springfield, New Jersey. Of course, it's going to be a one-day event, but we got everything packed in from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Right now, if you put in the code workshop, you're going to get a special discount. And again, that code is workshop, but you need to go to multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com and go fast because we've sold a ton of tickets for this. I actually was able to get a bigger room, so but that's filling up quickly as well. So again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Put in the code uh, workshop. There we go. Got that down and look forward to seeing you so we can all take massive action together. Well, hello again and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Foundation. Thanks for checking back in with us. And of course, if you like what you hear, please go over to iTunes and give us a ratings and review. It doesn't have to be five star. We just want to hear from you. We want to hear what we can do better, what you like, what you don't like, and what's the best things we can bring to you. But today, we are super excited. We've been talking for a while. Now we have her on the show, and we had to go all the way to Trenton to find her at The Hive, which we're actually taping a lot of podcasts. And it's an awesome day. Anna Kelly. Hey, Anna. How are you? I'm doing great. So nice to finally meet you. I know. So nice to finally meet as well. And so Anna is the REI mom at LLC and is focused on real estate consulting and speaking to empower other women to create real estate wealth that lasts. Zenith Capital Group LLC is focused on finding and repositioning multifamily investments in stable areas across the country to create cash flow, asset preservation, and capital appreciation for ourselves and our investors. So, Anna, welcome to the show. You you had a full-time job. You, you have a family, and, and then you said, well, that's not enough, so I'm going to do real estate. But the big picture was the real estate was really driving to where you want to be. So talk to us about what you're doing today and, and why. Sure. So in 2003, I had my first baby. And up until that point, I was super driven to climb the corporate ladder and doing really well, worked for AIG, and, you know, wanted to kind of one day be home with my kids potentially, but I didn't know if I really had what it took to be a stay-at-home mom because I was just very driven and corporate-minded. And I had a premature baby and was home with him, you know, on maternity leave and through that, and it was so hard to put him in daycare when I was done and got sick, and I just thought, I cannot have my baby in daycare. Like, I have to figure out a way to get home with my kids, that kid at the time, and now I have four. And my husband had um, been a new chiropractor right out of college, hardly made any money, and um, he had a six-figure school loan. So I could not afford to leave my job because we had to pay off his school loan 
you know, had a car and had this new baby. And so I had no choice but to put my baby in daycare and continue to work. And it was just this constant pool of balancing this, you know, drive and this corporate career when really my heart just wanted to be home. And so at the time that I was home with him, I was watching all these new shows on HGTV about flipping houses. And we thought, you know, they're pie in the sky and they don't tell you all about holding costs and closing costs and transfer taxes and all the real costs and time that goes into it. But I was convinced that flipping houses was my way out of working full time so that I could be with my child. And our first flip was a failed flip and lost a bunch of money. My husband lost a job during the flip. So we were just like, oh, this is not good. Decided not to do that again um, at the time. And then fast forward a couple years, we thought, well, the way for me to be home with my child is for my husband to start his own practice. Because if you're not working for someone else, you'll make more money. So we sold everything in Texas, moved to rural Pennsylvania, right outside of Hershey, where he started his business. And I had had very wealthy clients that owned real estate, and I knew real estate was very powerful. So when we were looking for office space to lease and we figured out how expensive it was, I saw that in this little rural area that he was, most of the businesses on Main Street had a business on the bottom, and they were mixed-use buildings with tenants on the top. So I said, maybe it's wiser to just buy a building that has tenants that come with it because it'll kind of cover some of those expenses. And I knew that AIG was not going to let me work from home at the time. So I thought, I'm going to give up my almost six-figure job at that point. We're going to start a business with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and no plan other than let's just go. So we decided not to buy a house. And for a year, I actually lived with my in-laws. And then a year later, bought a four-unit building and house hacked and had our three tenants paying our mortgage and our insurance. So I bought rentals just to kind of protect us and to have a little extra cash flow until we figured out what was going to happen. And, you know, fast forward from that was in 2007, market crashed. Yeah, perfect timing, right? <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. We, we started the business at the height of the market, bought buildings expensive at the height of the market. I worked for AIG, so when the crash happened, I was hit really hard. Um, by the grace of God, I did not lose my job, but I kept being told we were going to be sold and lose our job. Which is almost survive. like a, just as punishing, right? Because oh. every month you're thinking, okay, am I yeah. in the chopping block? Am I going to yeah. make it through this? And that can yeah. be mentally draining. Exactly. And we had so many people being laid off you know, all around me. And I worked from home, so I was kind of on an island and not in the office in their, in their face every day. So I thought, surely I'm going to get laid off. I lost three quarters of my 401k during like the week that AIG almost went under. And we just were like, what are we going to do? So all this time I'm thinking, I'm never going to be home with my babies. I had another child at that point and then found that I was pregnant like the week of the crash. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, three babies, like a job that's not going well for my husband. Mine I'm probably going to lose. What else are we going to do? And the only thing I could think to do, Jason, was take from my 401k, borrow what was left, and buy another four unit. Because I thought at least if I lose my job, I can pay for groceries and I can pay for gas and we'll be our main living expenses covered until I find another job. And that is where we were in 2009. And I didn't buy another property for five years because I couldn't get financing. And I didn't know any, I didn't know about creative financing or any of that kind of stuff. And we were just working, you know, both of us 70, 80 hours a week to manage the 12 units we had, keep my husband's business afloat, work full time, you know, raise the babies. And then five years ago, I said, okay, now that I can tap into my equity, Um, I can learn about creative financing. 
I've got to be home with my kids. Like at this point, you know, my, I had four kids five years ago, um, had a fourth one that was a little surprise and was like, how are we going to do this? I'm never going to be home with my babies. And so I just made up my mind, like enough is enough. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to build, keep building our rental portfolio to bring in enough cash to replace my six figure income so that if and when I was laid off, I would never have to go back to work and could be with them. So it was a 16 year process, Jason, but I just retired in May. I actually left AIG on my own terms after being there for 20 years, after replacing my six figure income with small multifamily apartment buildings. And it's a testament, right? It's a roller coaster. And, yeah. and real estate, just like anything we, we want, and the social media drives it, but we want instant gratification. But you look at what you did here, and the one thing that happened in 2007, when everything's falling apart, it, 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 we'll call it faith, but, but you took action where, where lots of times we, when things are going bad, everybody just hangs on and hopes, and it hopes like everything just will be okay. But you took a step, and that step actually drove your future of what it was just by buying that property. And that's, that's sometimes the hardest thing to do, but that's what helps us get out of these scenarios is that when things are going down, you, you have to take a step. You can't just sit there paralyzed because – it doesn't just get better if you're not the one making it better. There's no one's going to come there. There's no angel that's going to come help you out in that scenario. And so you both did this when things were, were falling around, falling apart around you yeah. and you took that step and you built it. And then it, you know, you learn as you, as you had. So you said, I didn't know about the creative financing, but as you found the way to get back into it, you, you dove on it. Cause now, now you knew you guys had the processes, you were, tr you know, you were managing your tenants and you were doing what it was to survive. And that's what it is about a family, right? It's, right. it's, there's no perfect, like there's no perfect, this is how you do it for a family. Every family has to deal with their own circumstances, but it, it gives you that bigger picture when you get there. It gives you that bigger idea of, okay, now I understand that because I've been through it. Yeah. So now I can compound on it. Exactly. And now, and now I'm so thankful that I went through it the hard way because it forced me to learn and it forced me to just take action. Um, and so, you know, we both painted our own units and did the clean out and learned rehab and learned to be a landlord while tenants were knocking at our door every time we came up and down the stairs. Like it was really hard in the beginning, yeah. but it just showed us the power of this thing is growing while owning our business is really tough, especially in our economy. And while working for someone else is really tough, this is like true passive income that once we get it going, we can rely on for another 20 years. So it was just so powerful being able to see kind of the dichotomy of being a business owner and an employee and learning that like the passive income was the way to true financial freedom. And then once we started like testing and trying um, seller financing, I was shocked that sellers agreed to start paying, you know, letting me buy their properties with financing without the bank. And so that was like the confidence I needed to be able to say, okay, I don't need the banks. And then once I had a couple more properties, then the banks were like, sure, we'll let you borrow the equity. You can use it to buy more property. Yeah, all of a sudden so, you're magical. Yeah, yeah, before before they don't want to talk to you. And now that, you know, you have the track record and you have it to the point that, oh yeah, great. You know, Anna, what, what do you want, right? Sure, and sure. I don't want to pass over the point about having your own business. We all think working for ourselves is the solution, but you can't get away from it because it's your business. It comes with you. And so whether you're at work or you're at home or you're at your kid's dance recital or you're at your anything, yeah. it's there with you. And depending on the type of business, you may not turn it off because maybe your phone has to be on for whatever, where if you're, you can't always get away from it for the corporate side of it or the other point, but there's traditionally a nine to five, you know, you go home and okay, now it's your weekend. Well, right. it's not always the, the, the curse doesn't, 
just vanquish when you have your own business. It, right. There's other problems you're going to deal with, and some of them become, especially you know when you start working so close with, with your husband, it's hard to even separate that because now you have family, marriage, and then you have business. But there, yeah. there's no like, okay, switch. Let's just hit the switch and turn right. the switch on, and all of a sudden now it's family time. Right. It was very hard, especially you know between me being in his office lunch breaks and nights and helping with billing and chiropractic, which I didn't know anything about and didn't want to do to him doing maintenance on buildings I wanted to buy and he wanted nothing to do with, to then having to get home and talk about the kids and the happy stuff when we're all so stressed doing all this other stuff. It's been challenging, but I'm like, you know, we've made it through it and it's all been good and it's all been worth it. But um, it, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. It's not as easy as they make it look on TV. But it, as they say, right, it's doing the tough things now so you can do what you want later. Right. And that's right. where you're at. Absolutely. And that's so important. And it, it, it goes... The, uh, I, I was watching something the other day where it was um, someone who was like the boss was sweeping and people were giving him a hard time about doing it because he should be sourcing it out. It wasn't that he, he was doing it. He, he was doing it because it shows to the rest that no task is too big. And it also gives the value to, to the company to say, well, the boss is doing this, but it also brings them up too. So they don't, they don't think about that task another way. Like I'm doing this to make this better. Right. And we're doing this to make this better as a, as a couple, as a family, because right. – you know, I don't want to do chiropractic work, but I want to help you succeed because right. your success drives my success and my success drives your success. And right. all together, it all, it's like that, that rising tide, right? For sure. And when you do that, whether it's within your relationship or within your business or within your partnership, it all matters. So, so the, the tasks seem small on paper, but ultimately they, they drive success beyond means. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point now in your stage, you, you've retired, but now you're you're finding yourself bigger problems in a good way yeah. so so how where how is your investing shaped from here and what's your focus today sure so last year right about august of of um 2018 i knew that i had already replaced my income and i just needed to pay, um, probably sell a couple of dogs in the portfolio that i didn't want to kind of liquidate and have a year's salary set aside and saved and i knew that once i stayed home I needed to make sure that I was bankable so I could continue to scale. So I started, um, you know, just strategically paying down debt, and I knew that I needed to find a large complex to allow me to save six months' expenses on all of my rentals before I retired because I wanted to stay bankable. So I started looking for a larger multifamily. It had always been something I was interested in, but since I had no money, I thought this is not going to happen. And I knew nothing about syndication, um, and I hadn't really been in that space. I had really been kind of in a vacuum just doing our thing um, and growing it you know ourselves and so I met with another real estate investor who also had you know quite a few of their own rentals and we both were like you know we want to get into larger multifamily we have the skills we've been doing this on a smaller scale for a long time and the fundamentals are exactly the same with larger ones as they are the smaller ones you just have someone that you can afford to pay to be the maintenance and pay to be the property manager but the fundamentals of raising the values raising the NOI you know cutting the expenses raising rents are exactly the same so I had the confidence I could do it I just had to find a deal so I found an off-market deal I brought in one partner he brought in another partner and we took it down together and that was in December of last year so it was a 73 unit with 44 storage units and um, buying that property and the acquisition fee that I was able to take on that was enough to kind of get me over that hump that I needed to be in order to retire. So I was very, at that point, everything I had wanted was happening, but I was really afraid to take the leap. Like, 
I know we're heading toward recession. What happens if there's a recession and I've given up my job, which has been our only lifeboat as much as I kind of begrudged having to work full time and wasn't with my kids. It was like the boat. And so if I cut that string, there's no going back. Like, what are we going to do? And I knew we had enough passive income there, but it was just that fear of, you know, wanting to be safe. Um, And so after I had the first one, I had the confidence, okay, this first bigger deal went really smoothly and really easily and I'm asset managing, you know, well, let me find another one. And I went after off market and I found a 31 unit. So did the same thing with the same two partners and um, knew at that point, you know, now that's where I'm going to focus. So I've shifted my investing from being very, very active for many, many years to now being as passive as I can do it once I own them. So um, my skill sets are finding and negotiating deals, all the legal work, the banking and the financing, the investment side of it. And um, the part that I really didn't have was the syndication, you know, starting to bring in other investments into our bigger deals. So the last several months, I've really studied syndication. Um, I worked with... um, with state insurance department audits and SEC audits and Reg D filings for private placement investments for years. So I understood a private placement and how to So some of the hardest things for most people to pick up when they're doing syndication. That's where my background is. Yeah. Yeah. And I had um, before that worked for a bank as a private banker. So I worked with investors to teach them about investments. So I had all that piece. I had just never had to go ask them for money for my own deal. So I just wanted to make sure I, you know, was caught up on the solicitation rules and doing that right and so now my focus I'm, I'm syndicating my first um, apartment complex in Atlanta right now 250 units and just completely focused on in the work hours that I do work while my kids are in school finding assets and bringing good assets to good investors and syndicating bigger deals outside of just my local market and you said you're doing it while your kids are in school so you spend the time when they get back right and it's all just from that point of just taking that step and we all have that fear point right we all have that fear point and sometimes it's like it's that partner but i i I hear funny stories and like one was like you know imagine michael jackson or, or beyonce was like working at like a taco bell and you know she or he had this chance to go sing or dance and they're like no, nah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna work at Taco Bell because I know I'm gonna get a paycheck here. Like, yeah. what, what what would happen? You know, like yeah. they would never be the Beyonce or Michael Jackson, right? Because they they didn't take that step, and and we get stuck in that point. Not it, it, we get stuck where we're so afraid to to do something. We feel it's safer, but but what's the safety net? Is right. the safety net with the job I have, right. where I have no control? You know, maybe I'm on the chopping block, maybe at a point, and you know, if you always do what you're gonna do, you're always gonna get what you're gonna get. Right until you change it and so you get out there you get this property under contract you close in this property it starts giving you just even from the acquisition fee where people even forget about these fees put in there enough cash to be able to move and now you take that step but you don't stop and you keep pushing it forward into the next property the next property and now what you've learned is is highest and best use of my time right Right. Right. and that's important and there's there's nothing wrong with, with doing everything but at some point if you want to continue to grow you have to find where you can bring the best value to the team, right? Because everybody doing everything, you know, the first syndication we did, you know, me and my partner, we just wore all the hats because we didn't know what, you know, we, we knew it all had to get done, but like who was doing what? We just just get it done, you know, like whatever that, you know, whatever it takes by all means necessary, right. now it has to get done so we right. get it done. But then you find out, okay, 
he does the financing, you know, I do the capital. Like we all have that meaning of the minds of where our, our time is better spent. I'm good with the asset management side. Great. So, okay, now we'll focus on that. And now it allows us to do more because now we're, we're each focusing on things maybe that we're good at, but we also like and we prefer to do. For sure. For sure. It's, it's been a game changer just even since December, you know, since I've done two of these JVs and we're working on the third one now, um, just being able to have the power of leveraging other people in a team instead of trying to do everything, you know? So it's like working full time and then having the four kids and every night, every single one of them is in a sport somewhere, sometimes two or three at a time. And then trying to build business on top of it, it was just very, very difficult to try to do everything. So being able to sit back and say, wow, you know, there's a lot of freedom in being able to like give up some control and, and trust and, and see what you can do together and you can just scale together so much faster. So I'm, I'm really loving it and liking it a lot better than I did. And you put it a good way, like the, the giving up control because as entrepreneurs, we always feel that we can do it best. Like just because like that's, right. our, that's our drive, but, but ultimately we have to let other people fail so they can get better at the task and help guide them because we're, even if we're, if we're doing everything right and we do everything at 100%, there's 20 tasks and of those 20 tasks, we get one done where you can have 10 people get all of them done at 80%. Okay, well, they're all done. They're not perfect, but we only got one done. So we right. got we got 19 of them at zero. So right. so okay, that one was great, but where did we get here in this scenario? And right. that's the hardest thing for us to do is is let that go because we're not they're not doing it as best as we can, but you're hurting the process right. and then things slip through, especially in these larger processes when you're bringing other people's money and you know it's it's your obligation to take care of the investment. So you have to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward, and that's by having a team around you that can handle the components and not right. be stuck in the point that I have to do it because when you're trying to do stuff gets missed. Yeah. I mean, these timelines move quick for these syndications. Right. You know, there's not like they're waiting for you to catch up. They're right. saying, close and okay, keep with it, keep with it now. Have your team in place. So you're doing this, and now you're having a big focus about trying to help, or well, not trying, but helping other women do the same yeah. thing. Talk to me about that. So one of the things I've always wanted to do is just teach other girls how to be wise with their finances. I grew up in Section 8 housing. Um, and really was very, very driven to succeed and to do well and to not have that for my family in the future. I've done work with inner city youth and inner city kids and was a part of a mentorship group called Hope for Youth in Houston where we you know, took kids under our wings and we really developed a relationship with them for years through middle school and high school and being there for them to help with school and just spiritual stuff and hard family things. And I've always wanted to continue to give back and an impact in some way. And really where I think there's a big hole is in educating um, anyone, but particularly young girls that are in poverty to really teach them that there is hope and that there is a better way, but they've got to learn about how to manage their money and how to make wise decisions. And whether it's through real estate or not, just, just learning to take control of your future through learning to control your finances. And like my story, I tried to control it all and things, lots of things still didn't go my way, but just having that mindset that there are other ways that I can get cash flow. I don't have to depend on a job or a business or whatever. So then it kind of springboards. Once you create that foundation of hope and, and teaching people about finances, then teach them about how they can get into real estate and how they can play the long game and wherever they are, whether they have money or whether they have time, they can figure it out and they can grow wealth just like I did really just from hard work and learning financial principles that enable you to and empower you to be able to really change your financial tree as as Dave Ramsey would say. So 
It's something I've always been passionate about, but now that I have true financial freedom on my own and I can control my day, it's really important to me that while I'm focused on um, growth of the multifamily space and continuing to, to create a legacy for my family, that I'm giving back to other women and empowering them so that they can do the same thing. So REI Mom LLC is all about really speaking and coaching um, and doing some mentoring um, of other young girls and moms specifically to empower them to take um, real estate you know, seriously. And then um, those two tracks are kind of my main focus during the day when my kids are in school now. Yeah, amazing. You're giving them the, the confidence to succeed, right? And it's the principles that you teach them because ultimately you get the confidence by just knowing that much more. Right. Just having, having that one more bit of knowledge that you didn't have before gives you the confidence. Because people say, I, well, I'm not confident to do this, but what do you know about this? Well, nothing. I've just heard about it. Well, then I wouldn't be confident either. Right. But when someone gives you the power and you, you come up and you tell them, listen, I've done this. It wasn't a perfect road. We took a lot of different steps to get there. It never is, right? It's that point, the yellow brick road goes and goes right. and goes. But I, I found my way there because I wanted to get there. Right. I knew it was there for me, and I didn't know how it was going to get there. Right. But here's the principles I had, and here's the principles that – I've taken away from this and you can use these principles. You can pick and choose, but you just, you have to take action and you sitting on the sideline hoping as a woman that, okay, I don't know, however you want to put it, something's going to happen to help my financial situation. Well, that's why things don't get help. Right. You, you have to take action and you have to never give up. You have to have that vision that I am going to succeed. I am going to get through this hurdle. I am going to figure it out and I'm not going to give up and I'm going to go around it and figure out how to be more creative and be more strategic, but just learning that um, grit and resilience that if you just continue to push through, you will succeed. It's just a matter of when, you know, it's not if, if you, if you do all the right steps, you'll be successful. You just can't control the win, but you can control all the things you do, you know, to get. Yeah, that's huge. This has been awesome. Are you ready for the snap action questions? All right. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think to love people and use money and not the other way around. I've heard that twice, uh, twice recently and it's, it's great. And, and right. So it, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, perfect. I heard that, and it was very much in line with where my heart had been anyway. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's part of my part of my life motto for yeah. sure. Amazing. What is a talent you wish you possess? That is a really great and very hard question. A talent I wish I possessed that I could snap money and make it grow on trees so I could be more of a resource to other people that needed it. (laughs) See, and that's why it's the right time, right? Because if you had it, it'd be a resource. And that's great. Love it. What's your real estate superpower? I'm creative and I have grit and determination like not very many people I know. That's huge. The grit and determination, we've seen that through the whole story, but but that that is everything you need in any form of life, right? Because if you're just going to lie down the second something happens, well, all you had to do is get up one more time and it was right there for you. Right. So what's a lesson learned that has excelled your real estate career? Kind of that same never give up, you know, and, and when things are hard not to wallow in it, um, it's easy when things get hard to just crumble and feel like I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. 
maybe this is the wrong path. Maybe I should do something else. And um, I wasn't always as, as resilient as I say it's now a superpower. I developed it because I've had so many ups and downs and ebbs and flow and things were going awesome. And then all of a sudden it's like yanked out from under you. And then things are going awesome and then it's yanked out from under you. And I've had certain things that I did kind of crumble and I did kind of have a pity party. And I thought, I just, I'm never going to get anywhere. and I'm never going to be able to figure this out. And I let it stop me for six months or a year or four years. And you know, the nose from the banks, that was like four years of, I guess we're not going to be able to do this. And then finally I'm like, what are you doing? You're wallowing in self despair and you're not taking control of your life. So I've learned to become really resilient and to just get up and to do it more quickly each time. Yeah, and it's that you only need one yes principle, right? It's that you can hear no uh, to the cows come home. It doesn't matter. You hear no as many times, but you only need one. And so, you know, I had a great story, Juan Vargas was on the show, and his first multifilm, he had like, he, somehow, he, he was buying a 40 unit on his own, he, he no experience, and he found this property, was a great deal, but he just, because he had no experience, every bank told him no, and he's driving home, you know, tail between his legs, he says, I give up, you know, like in this point, and just randomly, like the, the one stop before his house on like the interstate, there's just some random bank, and he just stops there, and the guy says, oh, this looks interesting, I could take a look at it tomorrow, and I'll call you back. And I don't know if it's something we can do, we'll do it. And he was like, that's the most he got. And so next day, a guy calls him up and says, yeah, this looks like a good deal. Why don't you come in? We'll put this together. Wow. But it just took that one thing. And like, he, he was done. Yeah. I, I guess I can't do this. Real estate's not for me. And he's done hundreds of units since yeah. then. But it was that first one where, where would he be today if he didn't just say, okay, one more. Exactly. Oh, I need to see that one more. Yeah. What do I need oh, to do? Yeah. Wait, so... As busy as you are, what's a good focus or productivity hack you use? I've started to really time block my um, day uh, where I couldn't really do that before. I just had to fit in all my real estate activities whenever I could fit it in, whenever I had a free moment, you know, after the kids went to school and lunch and late nights and whatever. And now that my kids have gone back to school since I've retired, I'm really time blocking my day so that um, I'm not like super focused on task, 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 but it's like, growth in this area. So I'll have, you know, 30 minutes a day where I'm like, I'm going to focus on growing and um, improving in my knowledge of syndication or in my networking or in my deal finding or asset management. So I, I time block my schedule now in chunks and I'm like all in for that hour in that um, particular uh, area of growth. Um, and that's really helped me to be able to just make sure that I'm, I'm moving forward in progress in every area. Um, and not, and let letting the results just happen. Huh, I love that. What's your best tip for success? I think it, it's the same thing: resilience and grit. It is the number one indicator of success is grit. There's been studies done. Um, you can go out and listen to some TED Talks on, on success. And they've studied sociologists and, and psychologists have studied those that were the smartest, those that were valedictorian, salutatorian, how successful were they in the future. Yeah. And what they found was the super smart kids that you would think are going to be very driven and determined because they're studying and they're doing all the right things, that they're going to be successful the most successful and it turns out that they usually end up wallowing under pressure and it's those that have had super hard difficult paths and and things that they've had to jump over and the hurdles that end up the most successful in life because they've developed that internal fortitude and that grit.
There's that. Uh, I think it is the number one indicator of success is grit. There's that book, Angela Duckworth's Grit. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's it's pretty remarkable. Just to, just the certain things of the like even when children just like helping children at every point is almost a disservice because you're not setting them up right now. You know, like we, we give medals for everything. We, all these things we do today yeah. to, to to push adversity out of the way for them yeah. is almost hurting them because. When does that happen in life? When is that point that they have someone around them that's just constantly shielding the stuff right. away from them as they grow? And yeah. so it's when the kid can't get a shoe on or, or they can't figure out how to do their belt that you run over and do it or just you let them figure it out, try and, try and figure something out that, that, that magnifies how it goes into the future. Yeah. yeah. Well, Anna, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. It's been my honor. Good. Well, where, where's the best place for uh, listeners to find out more about you and your company and everything you're working on? Sure. So I have two websites. One is the speaking and consulting business and teaching uh, and empowering women in real estate, and that's reimom.com. I also have a Facebook group called Creating Real Estate Wealth That Lasts with REI Mom. That's a good place to just connect on an ongoing basis. And then for anyone interested in um, investing in multifamily as a passive investor, you can find my website at zenithcapitalinvestments.com. Awesome. Anna, thank you so much. Thank you. So the listeners, have a great day. Mm-hmm.